When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the Rick Smith Show. Now, here is the voice of the working class, Rick Smith. And welcome, brothers, sisters, working class heroes. This is the Rick Smith Show. Thanks so much for being here. Today on the big program, lots to get to and, oh boy, lots to talk about. Uh, you know, I've been saying for a while that Republicans learned from their uh, their lesson. They learned their lessons from the abortion issue uh, for for decades. They ran on uh, we're gonna we're gonna crush abortion. We're gonna put those women back in their place. And look, a whole industry cropped up around them. Uh, you had all of these anti-abortion groups that were raising tons of money. There was all of this all of this stuff going on. So when the U.S. Supreme Court said, we agree with you, it's gone, it's done, it's over, it became, what do we do now? A whole industry gone, a whole bunch of people looking for work, no more cash cow. And what I said back then is, understand, the issue isn't, isn't, isn't the only thing that's important to them. Um, the money is, <laughs> the power that they get uh, the solution isn't that important. The issue is so much more than the solution. And we're seeing this play out with immigration. Everybody agrees we have a problem with our immigration laws. Everyone agrees someone should do something. For those of us who understand how government works, legislation emanates from the House and the Senate. They agree on something, they send it to the president. He either agrees with it or not, signs it or doesn't, vetoes it. What Something has to happen. You don't just go, one, one branch of government has absolute pro power on an issue. I know some like to believe that, that they do, they don't. So when there was a piece of legislation on immigration that gave Republicans most of what they wanted, I mean, this is, a, this is one of those things where what's it going to take to get you to yes? Republicans killed it. And, and understand, they, they don't want it solved. In fact, they said early on they're going to do nothing on immigration until Trump's president. And if Trump's not president in, in 2025, that means never. And that's okay with them because, again, it's the issue that's important. It's the finger pointing. It's the blame game. And anyone who doesn't play along with that, well, they've got to be dealt with. And, and look, I am not a fan of Republican Senator James Langford of Oklahoma. Never been a big fan. Probably never going to be a fan of Senator Langford. Never. But he was working with Connecticut Senator Chris Murphy, they came up with a bipartisan immigration bill, a framework pretty harsh from what I'm, I'm seeing, much harsher than anything we've had. A huge step forward may not the, be the end-all, be-all, may not have been the absolute solution everybody wanted, 
but it was a step, a move forward in getting us some some better updated immigration, getting us more border patrol, doing a whole bunch of things that the right has kind of been screaming about. And I said, look, from the beginning, doesn't matter. Republicans are not going to allow it to happen. They are going to kill whatever comes out because, again, the issue is more important than the solution. They need it politically because they really have nothing else. So when James Langford steps forward and moves on some some bipartisan legislation, everyone loses their mind. And I said this was going to happen. Look what happened to Liz Cheney. When a Cheney's not extreme enough, I don't know what is. When James Langford is not extreme enough, I have to ask how much worse, how much worse is Oklahoma going to send? Because when James Langford moved on this legislation, you had the Oklahoma GOP censure him. He's one of the most extreme senators in the U.S. Senate. And yet, and yet they still, with guns a-blazing, came after him and you know the senator took to the floor to talk about what he encountered and well listen to his listen to his his statement uh this should give you some some bit some of them may have policy differences some of them have been very clear with me they have political differences with the bill they say it's the wrong time to solve the problem or let the presidential election solve this problem In fact, I had a popular commentator four weeks ago that I talked to that told me flat out before they knew any of the contents of the bill, any of the content, nothing was out at that point, that told me flat out, if you try to move a bill that solves the border crisis during this presidential year, I will do whatever I can to destroy you because I do not want you to solve this during the presidential election. By the way, they have been faithful to their promise and have done everything they can to destroy me in the past several weeks. And the the reality is, is, look, we we know this is how this works. Uh, The right-wing machine has gotten so powerful that they're threatening, they're threatening senators. And I, you, you don't have to guess who these popular right-wing commentators are. They're all over there at that, that, that channel that, that got sued. But when you've got a senator saying, look, they told me to my face, to my face. If you move this, we will destroy you. If you do your job, we will destroy you. Now, understand, these are the people who, as we speak, are attempting and failing to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas. Now, it's my view, the only reason that they are trying to impeach him is, well, his name's Mayorkas. Uh, if his name was something like Chad Johnson or or Bill Bob Smith, probably would have left him alone. But with a name like Mayorkas, why not? But their argument is he's not harsh enough on the people, not hard enough on those immigrants. And this legislation, from what I'm seeing, would have been pretty harsh. So on one hand, uh, we're going to impeach a guy because he's not harsh enough. But when you have a bill that's going to be harsh, oh, no, 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 we, we can't do that. Because that will take pretty much all we have 
politically away. Look, they've got no platform. Uh, 2016 will probably be the last platform the Republican Party comes out with. They didn't have one in 2020. They're probably not going to have one in 2024 because it's all about what Trump wants. Trump didn't read the bill. Trump knows nothing about it, but he's against it because he needs it. He needs it to attack Biden. The Republicans need it to attack Biden. And understand that polarization on the right is so complete that they have such control, a system of of extremely powerful media figures, social media influencers, and a disinformation campaign second to none that anything, anything they want, they get. Anything they want to destroy, they kill. And we're seeing it play out right in front of us. And then the level of disconnect is like mind-blowing to me. I saw this quote after the uh, impeachment of Mayorkas failed. It was from a, a congressman down in Florida, a Republican by the name of Corey Mills. Corey Mills said, I just don't understand why we can't do the one thing the American people want. Now, that's impeaching Mayorkas. Now, I got to tell you, I think probably 70% of the people in the country don't even know who uh, Secretary Mayorkas is. Um, and this is this is the one thing the American people want. And my mind went to the one thing. Are you that disconnected from reality? Are you that disconnected from the average everyday working person? No, it's not. It's not the one thing isn't health care. It's not worrying about how we're going to take care of our children and get them the best education possible. It's not about increasing the minimum wage so families can put more money in their pockets and be able to support themselves. No, no, it's none of that. It's none of the litany of of issues and important things that working families fight every day. No, no. It's impeaching someone for not doing something that we won't do. They're not going to be harsh on those immigrants. And neither are we which is just bizarre. And, you know, I, I'm sitting here and my mind goes to this place of, this is the world my kids are growing up in. The world that my children and your children are growing up in is a, is a, <laughs> a place where no one is allowed to talk to the other person. Now, my kids know I'll talk to anybody. I talk to everybody. In fact, it's one of the things they hate. We go into places and I, I'll, I'll sit and talk to, you know, you know, you name it. I will talk to anyone because I find value in other people's opinions, even especially people I disagree with. But, you know, I was, I was going through this today with a friend and I said, you know, we had this lengthy conversation and, and he said something today that, that, you know, I've known, I've thought, but it's never been articulated out loud. And that's simply that my kids, your kids, they don't know the world that we grew up in. They don't know a a world where we have a functional government that things get done. They don't know a place where where voters go to the polls and say, we want somebody to do our, our work and something gets done. They don't know a world of outside of constant danger. Every time they go to school, they got to practice for, is a shooter coming? And know that the adults are never going to do anything to protect them from the real issue. They don't know a world where everything is, isn't viewed through, through a political frame of red hat, blue hat, of everyone wearing their ideology on their t-shirts. 
and they don't know a world of how you solve conflict. Look, I'm against the whole idea of, you know, every time there's a problem, you run to the teacher, or run to the parents. I never allowed my kids to do that. You got a problem? Go back and figure it out. Because you're going to need to do that when you're an adult. As parents, our job is to prepare our kids to be adults, to pick up the mantle of humanity and society and move it forward. And we've got to be that example. You know, I started I started thinking about it. You know, as, as a Gen Xer, I grew up around the silent strength of the greatest generation and also the rebelliousness and the and the selfishness of the baby boomers. I saw good, I saw bad, I saw peace, love, understand. I saw all of those things all around me. People helping people. And I saw that conflict resolution was done in the sandbox, not behind a flagpole. And yet all we've got today is a bunch of dashboard tough guys and keyboard warriors who spew propaganda but never defend. Never willing to talk. And and I've said this before. I used to have a lot of people around me that I disagreed with. And we would argue about things. And we would discuss things. We would tear them apart. And at the end, we didn't have to agree. We could find bits and pieces. We could say, hey, look, you're important. I'm important. We've got to figure out how to move society forward and be decent about it. Right now, though, we're, we're in our social media camps and bubbles. And this is a dangerous place because it's almost as if you have to pick a team and I'm not on the team. Uh, I've had, I've had people ask me, well, I I go back to the 2016 election with a guy on the, when I was handing out cards for a friend who was running for office, what are you? And I'm like, what do you, I'm, I'm an American. (laughs) I'm a working class guy. No, what are you? And he wanted me to say that I'm, I'm a Democrat. And I said, well, I'm a, uh, I'm a green conservative liberal libertarian. If it's a good idea, it's a good idea. I want to get things done. My true north is always, how do we make people's lives better? And sadly, currently, the Republican Party is not the place where things get done. Sadly, truly, the Republican Party is not the party of the working class. These are the people who have caused much of the problems much of the chaos, much of the struggling, and for their own political advantage. They're telling us every day by doing nothing that their political ideology, that their their struggle to, for power is more important than solving your problems, than solving the societal problems that make, make our country, well, divided. Because look, everyone agrees, we've got a problem at the border. We've got to do something about it. That takes leadership. And the sad reality is, and I got to tell you folks, it is sad. We don't have that leadership coming out of the House or the, or, out, of the House of out of the House of Representatives or the Republican Party. James Langford tried, and he's going to get skewered for it. He's already been censured by his own party in his own state. What's it going to take? And look, understand, I'm not a Langford fan. I wasn't a Liz Cheney fan. Wasn't really an Adam Kinzinger fan either. But these are people who, at least in a moment, found courage to stand up and say, no, we've, we've got to do what's right. We've got to move forward on what we believe, but we've got to do what's right. 
And to see Langford come out and say, look, you know, you've got this popular media figure telling me he's going to destroy me for doing my job. Even get someone like me who's not a Langford fan to say, good on you, Senator. I want to hear your thoughts. Email me, rick at the rick.smithshow.com. Got so much more to get to, uh, but I want to hear your thoughts. Email me, rick at the rick.smithshow.com. Right back after this. We are AFGE, the American Federation of Government Employees. We represent 700,000 federal and D.C. government workers who are the vital threads of the fabric of American life. We support our nation's military. We take care of our nation's veterans. We protect our nation's borders. We respond to our nation's crises and natural disasters. We provide services to our nation's seniors. The American Federation of Government Employees. We work... For America. We are AFGE, the American Federation of Government Employees. We represent 700,000 federal and D.C. government workers who are the vital threads of the fabric of American life. We support our nation's military. We take care of our nation's veterans. We protect our nation's borders. We respond to our nation's crises and natural disasters. We provide services to our nation's seniors. The American Federation of Government Employees. We work for America. Welcome back to the Rick Smith Show. Now, here is Rick Smith. So, I was reading an opinion piece over at that what right-wing rag, the Washington Examiner. And look, I, I view the Washington Examiner, you know, as, as well, as like tabloid journalism, only less entertaining than the old, uh, the old National Examiner, the National Enquirer, or any of those. Uh, but the thing is, they're highly plugged into the right-wing kookosphere. Oh, and are they? But they had an opinion piece that caught my attention. And it was titled, you know, Democrats have fewer children than Republicans, but it changes nothing. And they go into talking about how um, in in states, in counties that Joe Biden won, uh, the birth rate was 25% lower than in uh, counties that Donald Trump won. And, you know, you would think that they would go, look, you know, we're, we're out procreating them. You know, we're, we're bringing in the good Christian children and the good Christian families and the Republicans are going to we're going to raise little little go bots, which is what they are trying to do. Understand the uh, the 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 zealot religious class. Uh, it's all about the Christian warriors and and it's all about the children, which is why you see the attack on public education. But the the interesting article, the interesting part of their argument was, well, the numbers may be true. Republicans may be pumping out more units because, in their view, they're, they just want more children uh, because of their religious views. Go forth, be fruitful. And they're opposed to abortion and contraceptions. And Democrats are basically godless heathens who, who eat babies you know, for breakfast. <laughs> they didn't actually say that. But that's, that's kind of the view. So you would think that they would be you know, somewhat upbeat. And, hey, we're going we're gonna to have more, more kids. Those more kids are going to go to our, our charter schools and our homeschooling indoctrination camps. And, well, they're going to be more little us's. We're going to reproduce ourselves just in smaller forms. And they say, look, you know, this should be great, but it's not. Um, you know, because, again, they point to statistics that younger people are being more politically active 
uh, younger than they have been in the past. Uh, in fact, they point out, uh, uh, I've never heard of the Center for Information and Research on Civic Learning and, Ga and Engagement, but evidently they found that 50% of people 18 to 29 voted in 2020. Uh, and that's a big increase from the previous election of just 39%. Young people are looking at the world that is, is troubling for them and wanting to change it. And politically, they've been taught in those schools that their vote matters. So they're participating. Now, they go in the, here's where the turn of, 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 of the coin is. Uh, you know, those young people, they're voting for Democrats. 61% voted for Biden in 2020. And it's, according to them, again, because of the education and because social media has caused them uh, mental damage. The exact quote was, young people spend far too much time online to the point that it causes incredible mental damage to them in the long run. So, you know, again, voting for Democrats equals mental damage. That, that You're supposed to get that. If you didn't, I just laid it out for you because that's what they want. I mean, they go in that big tech's in bed with, with the Democrats. And I'm going, I don't quite know about that. Uh, they're in bed with whoever's going to give them the most power, Republicans being part of that as well. But this view that, you know, social media is all about and these big tech companies all about the leftist agenda, the, the radical leftist agenda. Not so much. Uh, but then they go into the second major factor of the universities. Oh, the universities. Those university professors, they're all Democrats. By an eight and a half one margin. Uh, they they have pulled out a study from somewhere and said that that's the Democratic registration to Republican registration on college campuses, eight and a half to one, which I don't know that I necessarily agree with. But for argument's sake, we'll say maybe they did their due diligence and went and talked to a couple of professors. They're laying out a future where we need to destroy education. We need to cut down on, on kids voting, which is why you've heard people in the past say we should raise the voting age to 25, which is why we should destroy public education and charterize and privatize and profitize public education. Why we should, you know, you name it. Because, well, we got to got to fix those kids. All the while, again, doing everything they can do to not protect our kids. You would think that these would be the folks who would be the party of children. Wanting those children that are going to be more uh, more conservative-based to want to vote for their policies. And yet, oddly enough, not so much. And, you know, I've been talking about child labor laws for a very long time on this program and the fact that Republicans are doing their full-hearted best to go and to destroy the, the labor laws that we have for kids. And every time we turn around, I'm seeing another another violation by another organization, you know, screwing over kids. The latest one I got from the Department of Labor. Every day they send out a slew of emails on, on things that they're doing, on the fines that they're levying, on the, the, the companies they're cracking down on. And this time, today's was uh, a franchise in, in California, a Popeye's franchise. They'd been fined $212,000 for child labor, child labor law violations. Kids as young as 13 were working at multiple Popeyes. And here's the best part. You had the company basically stealing overtime pay. And it's, it's you know, they've been cited multiple times. It's nothing new. 
uh, fines, you know, a, a couple of $122,000 uh, in, in one case, but overall 212 grand. And my mind got into this place of you look at the fact that right now the Republican Party seems to be the, the corporate party, the one that's going after institution and leaving our kids vulnerable. So I'm reading this opinion piece and I'm looking at the reality. Again, alternative facts versus reality. Red hat world versus where the rest of us live. And I'm going on the political side, you've got the red hat folks going, how, how can we exploit children even more? How can we get them working, you know, dangerous jobs? How can we get them working longer hours, more hours? How can we, how can we exploit their labor? And then saying how much they care about the children. It's really a struggle for me because I see these stories. I see stories of, of kids doing roofing jobs, you know, falling off the roof, getting killed, of working in lumber, lumber facilities, getting pulled into machines, being killed, of having arms crushed inside of machines in a slaughterhouse. We see all of these stories and yet, yet we're not protecting the kids. And here's why because they're those aren't kids that look like them those are kids that look like the people that they want to keep out now i was reading a story on on child labor violations over at the new york times from last year and it said that you know some 400,000 kids came into this country in 2021 and many of them are working you know day and night they're right into jobs as young as 13, 14 years old. In fact, this was a story about roofing and a number of companies in the South. And, and are you surprised? And the answer is no. And when you realize that the large number of people coming into this country are just looking for jobs and a better life, and a lot of them are kids, and you have a Republican Party trying to destroy child labor laws so that we can take advantage. It's almost like they know eventually an immigration bill is going to be done. Eventually, they're going to be able to do something. And when they do, they want to have the rest of the groundwork set well to take advantage of it, to make sure that those kids coming in can legally now be put to work in those factories and on those farms and on those rooms. It's like there's a grand plan. And they're just laying the groundwork. And I know, Rick, you're being cynical. Rick, you're, you're, you're being hyperbolic. Rick, you, you don't know what you're talking about. And maybe I don't. I hope I don't. I hope this isn't reality. But it sure looks like it. And what's that thing that they used to tell us? If it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck? Probably a duck. This is that. If you look around and you see the Republican Party saying, no, we don't want to stop illegal immigration. We just want to complain about it. No, we don't really care about the children. We just like talking about it. We don't really want to do the things to make our children's opportunities and lives better. No, no. We just want to, want to talk about it. And then when we get the negative outcomes that we're working towards, we want to be able to blame the other guy for doing it. That's where we are. And it's not going to change because understand the Republican Party is not the party of the people. They don't care about their voters. They don't care about their base. When you get a Republican from Florida saying, hey, why can't we do this one thing? When Corey Mills says we can't do this one thing that the American people want, and that's impeaching someone most people have never heard of. Uh, 
and then going back to his constituents with a straight face without any shame, without any any misgivings, without any consequence. There's something wrong with our political system. Just It's just amazing to me. But I want to hear your thoughts. Email me, rick at ricksmithshow.com. For our free speech TV audience, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you back here next time for our radio folks. We're going to take a quick break right back after this. Stick around. This is The Rick Smith Show. goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Rick Smith Show. Now, here is Rick Smith. So Matt Gates back in the news. <laughs> uh, while not being investigated by the Ethics Committee, uh, he's making endorsements. And I got to tell you, I'm hoping this ethics investigation turns something up. So finally, he's held accountable for all of the things that we've heard over the years. But he's made an endorsement of uh, Kevin McCarthy. The guy who sought to oust him as speaker uh, has tweeted out, I fully endorse Kevin McCarthy for RNC chair. Yes, Trump is trying to get rid of Rona McDaniels. Uh, she's going to resign. All, all that nonsense is going on. But he, he throws one of the most backhanded endorsements I think I've ever seen out there. Uh, he says, Kevin is well-organized and a very high-revenue fundraiser. He will also be well-liked by the RNC committee. Uh, the RNC does not make any policy decisions, set any agenda, or negotiate against Democrats ever. 
Kevin would be terrific. And I'm going, that's, is that an actual endorsement or is that just a, a slap in the face endorsement? And the answer is yes and and yes. But it's, it's right in line, I think, with what Trump wants. Again, the Republican Party right now is Donald Trump. What Donald wants, the party will fall in line. And you've heard me say this before. Democrats fall in love. Republicans fall in line. You are seeing it right before your very eyes. There is no mistaking what is going on right now. Uh, it is a brown nose convention on an orange. Uh, never mind. I'm not, I'm not going there. Uh, but here's the thing. This is I saw this funny truth post by Donald Trump on his truth, truth social account. Uh, now, understand, I believe everything with Donald Trump is transactional. It's all about Donald Trump. Uh, I don't believe he has any true core beliefs. I mean, I get a kick out of my MAGA hat wearing friends who who think he's this great crusader for working class values. That just just mind blowingly laughable. I believe he's someone who looks out for number one while shoving the rest of us into number two. But here's the thing. Um, you remember that whole little dust up with, with Bud Light? Uh, how they, they did that ad with uh, the transgender woman and the right wing lost their mind. You had, uh, you know, country singers shooting beer cans and uh, them not, you know, not promoting them at their concerts and, you know, all kinds of craziness. And uh, you started to see a little turn because Anheuser-Busch deeped it and reached in their pockets and said, well, we have money. And you saw Kid Rock, you know, doing a bout face. Well, now Donald Trump has done an about face in a truth social post that he says the Bud Light ad was a mistake of epic proportions. And for that, they paid a very big price. Uh, Anheuser-Busch is not a woke company, he says, but I can give you a plenty that are. I'm building a list and might just release it for the world to see. Why not? The radical left does it viciously to well-run conservative companies and people. Very nasty. But the way they play the game. On the other hand, Anheuser-Busch spends $700 million a year on our great farmers employ 65,000 Americans, of which 1,500 are veterans, and is a founding corporate partner of Folds of Honor, which provides scholarships for families of fallen service men and women. They've raised over $30 million and given 44,000 scholarships. Anheuser-Busch is a great American brand that perhaps deserves a second chance. What do you think? Perhaps instead we should be going after those companies that are looking to destroy America. <laughs> uh, do you think he actually wrote that? I mean, seriously, do you think Donald Trump, you know, while sitting on the can on his, on his, his gold throne, um, actually, you know, do you think he really he wrote all of that? Do you think he did the research on the the millions of dollars a year that go to the great farmers or the the number of employees or the veterans or or any of that? Do you think he wrote any of that? No. This this should have a, an ad, like a sponsorship ad at the bottom. Uh because as I said, Donald for Donald Trump everything is transactional. And when you look a little bit deeper, you find out that one of the top lobbyists for Anheuser-Busch is hoping, hosting a fundraiser for him. Huh. 
How does that work? And turns out he owns about $5 million in Anheuser-Busch stock. Because understand, and this is where Trump is true to Trump and no one else, when, when Bud Light was taking their beating and their stock was tanking, people like Trump were buying. Because understand these, how these folks think. Long term, that stock's coming back. You knew it was going to. They weren't going to go out of business. You knew eventually they were going to spread a little bit of cash around and they were going to be back. And they were going to pay, you know, a couple million dollars uh, to, you know, to prop up someone like Trump. Now, the problem is, and again, I come back to this thing of, of, of Trump being transactional. Anyone he views as a threat, he's going to attack. Uh, like he says in this post, uh, there are very nasty companies, very nasty people, and, and he knows who they are. And he may release those names. He's building a list. He's checking it twice. And his orange behind is going to tell you who's naughty or, well, nasty. And the thing that gets me is I talk to people every day who, who want this guy in the White House in 2025, knowing what he has said he's going to do. And he's been very clear what a second term of Donald Trump will be like. Uh, he is going to do all of the things that he's accusing Biden of doing, you know, going after his political enemies. You know, Jack Smith, if you're Jack Smith or Merrick Garland or Christopher Ray, you're at the top of the list. But so are a lot of other people. Uh, he said he's going to go after the, the, the left wing media. I guess I'm part of that. And just so I can get this on the record, I am not I am not someone who likes to be on high floors. I don't like to be near windows. I'm I'm not afraid of heights. Don't like them. So if you suddenly hear I fell out a window, that wasn't by choice. Uh, but he's going to do what what he said he's going to do. He's going to torch the First Amendment. And if you don't agree with him, if you don't take the loyalty pledge, people like me in the media, we're on we're on the list. And don't forget, he's going to go after federal government workers. He's already said it. The Heritage Foundation has their, their Project 2025. Uh, that is a transition plan that only, only the loyal. Never mind if you can do the job, just as long as you kiss the ring. And if you kiss the ring, well, you'll, you'll be okay. And as long as you keep kissing the ring. If you, if you don't kiss the ring, or if you happen to find a conscience, well... We know what happens. Coming for you. Uh, he's also said he's going to go after all of the people that they hate. Going to go after the trans kids. We're going to we're going to go after all of those, the LGBT folks. We're going to go through all of that. Uh, we're going to we're going to clean up the culture war. Uh, anything that, that doesn't conform to their narrow-minded, right-wing, <laughs> repressed nonsense, they're coming after, and they're going to crush and they're going to deal with. Uh, immigrants, we're going to round them up in a giant bus and we're going to deport them. Uh, that's evidently going to happen. We're going to use the military to do it. We're going to line the border with, with the military and our cities. Don't forget, uh, not just the border. Going to go into every major city, especially those democratically run cities. We're going to round up all the homeless. Uh, we're going to go get those immigrants. And, well, we're going we're gonna to clean them up. Because understand, in their mind, the country is burning. There's crime and chaos around every corner. And, of course, you've got to use the military 
to do that. And when we do, when we finish up here, we're going to Mexico. We're invading, evidently going to invade Mexico. So for all my people who say, Donald Trump never started a war, he wants to invade Mexico, which is, you know, quite, I got to tell you, quite remarkable given the position that we find ourselves. Um, also, he wants to pull us out of international agreements like he did as, as president the last time, but this time, um, NATO, uh, any of the climate stuff that we've, we've gotten into, uh, we're going to go full tilt boogie into, into fossil fuels. And what we're going to do with those fossil fuels is we're going to have flying cars (laughs) because he is going to construct freedom cities. And I guess this is a pushback from the 15 minute cities that they've created in their minds. Uh, But the freedom cities, oh, the freedom cities, we're going to build them up for the young people. It's going to be a new frontier. Reignite the American imagination and give hundreds of thousands of young people and other people and all hardworking families a new shot at home ownership. In fact, according to Trump, the American dream. (laughs) And I got to wonder where they're going to build this fantasy land with flying cars. Yeah, uh, because he wants us to lead the revolution into air mobility, which, you know, may be coming. uh, But the electric vehicle is probably going to be here first. But you go down this list and and it gets even worse. Uh, The fact that he wants to reimagine education. We're going to destroy public education. We're going to have a MAGA system where no more of that history stuff. No more stuff we don't like. No, no gender identity. No critical race theory. No inclusion. No diversity. No, no racial, sexual, or political content for our children. Nothing. Just, well, the kind of stuff that the homeschool crowd shoves down the throats of their children. And this is where the, the frightening stuff just begins. He's going to release all of the and pardon all of the January 6th writers. And I I assume we're going to make them heroes then. It's all going to be about revenge, retribution, pain, suffering, punishment, good conservative themes. You know what it's not about? It's not about the Constitution. It's not about people leading their best lives. It's not about life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. It's not about any of that stuff. It's not about solving real problems. It's about chasing illusions. It's about going after perceived grievances. It's about going after perceived slights. It's about Donald Trump. It's not about America. It's not about working people. It's not about you or me or anybody else. It's about fire and brimstone and pain and suffering. In fact, he wants to bring back the death penalty and not just bring it back, but do it in a big way. You know, as George Carlin joked, Monday night executions, do it at halftime of the football game. And you think I'm kidding. You think this is a joke. I got to tell you, the more you look at this stuff, you go, no, this is something that no one could write. No science fiction writer of the 30s, no dystopian novelist of the 30s and 40s could have dreamt this moment up. No one would have thought we'd have put up with it. And I saw a great sign online the other day where someone said, you know, for those who wondered, you know, what what the Germans were doing as the Nazis were rising, um, you're doing it. <laughs> 
And I got to tell you, I don't know that I, I disagree. Now, I don't know that there's a Republican Party left to hope for. I don't know that there's there are many uh, Republicans of of courage and of of conviction. I don't know that there are going to be enough to stand up to Donald Trump and the people who want to destroy this country. And that's why the rest of us, everybody else, has got to be in and has got to be willing to stand up and vote while we still can. Because again, as I said, Trump, it's not about making your life better. It's about him and his life. It's about his belief structure. That only affects him. And it's borne out time and time and time again. Blew my mind to find out he's got $5 million in, in Anheuser-Busch stock. Blew my mind. But not surprising. Because, uh, again, as I said, everything with Trump is about Trump and transactional. I want to hear your thoughts. Email me, rick at the ricksmithshow.com. Quick break. Right back. Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1974. That was the day that a three-man American astronaut crew returned to Earth from an 84-day mission at the Skylab. They were the first crew to spend so long in low Earth orbit up until that time. The crew also returned with a different kind of first. They had launched the first space strike in history. The all-rookie crew was scheduled for an arduous work schedule at the space station. When one member fell ill, they began to fall behind schedule on their long list of tasks. From the ground, NASA Mission Control urged them to catch up by working through meals and scheduled rest times. Tensions mounted as the three men were monitored at every moment. The commander of the trip tried to explain the crew's exhaustion, saying, On the ground, I don't think we would be expected to work 16 hours a day for 85 days. And so I really don't see why we should even try to do it up here. Six weeks into the trip, the Skylab 4 crew had had enough. They turned off the communication radio connecting them to Earth. They took an unscheduled day off. When the communication link came back on, the commander issued the group's demands, saying, We need more time to rest. We need a schedule that's not so packed. We don't want to exercise after a meal. We need to get things under control. NASA agreed to stop pushing so hard. The first space strike was over, and the mission went forward on better terms. Ground control to Major Tom. Ground control to Major Tom. Take your protein. Like what you hear? Check out more at laborhistoryin2.com. You're listening to The Rick Smith Show, where working people come to talk. So get a kick out of the right wing uh, media sphere. Uh, going and, and supporting Tucker Carlson in Russia. And, you know, the, we should be supporting Tucker because he's going to interview Vladimir Putin 
And, and, and you know, because he's a journalist. He's the greatest journalist of our time, according to a lot of these reports. And, you know, he, he does his show on that impartial uh, former Twitter X thing uh, that Elon Musk has made impartial. I'm sorry. That's just that's that's too funny to actually say without without laughing over. Uh, but you know he's a journalist. They claim, and my thought was, you know, in Russia, a journalist, and he's not falling out of a window or locked up or poisoned. Huh? Is he really a journalist? Now, if Vladimir Putin throws him out a window, locks him up, or poisons him, then I will I will correct myself and I'll say, no, Tucker Carlson was a journalist, a great journalist. Uh, but that's never going to happen. Because with, with Tucker Carlson's reach and his power, uh, look, you know, if you're the Kremlin, do you not want access to that? Do you not want to put your your propaganda and your spin in the ears of people who are already on your side? Look at what's going on in, in the halls of our Congress. You've got a House of Representatives that seems to be fully in the deep pockets of the Russian government and the oligarchs. Can you imagine the Republican Party of just 10 years ago siding with Putin? Even during the Obama years, could you have imagined that a full-throated endorsement, a full-throated, yeah, we, we're okay with Russia taking over Ukraine. And this is the thing. We've been cutting off weapons. We've been cutting off aid. Uh, we've been slowing it down. And the Ukrainians are falling behind. They're they're going to lose now. And the longer the Republicans keep this up, and everyone knows this, this is the dirty little secret, the longer that, that the, the Ukrainian soldiers and the military there can't get what they need to defend themselves, the, the quicker this is going to be over. And the quicker Putin goes in and takes over Russia and breaks every promise. And in, in five or six years, when we start hearing about the genocide and the atrocities and all of the horrible stuff, we're going to think, who could have known? We never said we wanted that. And then when Russia rolls on to somewhere else, well, then it's going to be too late. And you go, no, no, he wouldn't do that. No, of course not. Of course not. Look, I'm not a warmonger by any stretch of the imagination. I don't want our soldiers' feet on the ground. Which is why I'm in favor of supporting the Ukrainians to defend themselves. Because there's an invading country going in there. You've got Russia invading Ukraine. It seems simple. Oh, no, but Rick, Ukraine used to be part of Russia. No, it used to be part of the Soviet Union. And and I've argued from the beginning that, that Vlad wants to get the old gang back, which is why you're seeing other countries going, uh-oh, we could be next. We should maybe have some kind of a mutual thing. Oh, yeah, that thing that Donald Trump wants to pull us out of. This is the problem that we have in this country right now. We have got a media structure that is so deep into the political right ideology, that is so well-funded, so powerful, that common sense and thought don't seem possible. That an actual discussion on this, actually impossible. Because all we do is we, we throw talking points at each other. Give me a good reason why it's a good thing to allow Russia to take over Ukraine, the, the breadbasket of Europe. Why it's a good thing to allow Russia to have control over the productive parts of Ukraine. Explain that to me because I'm, I'm trying to figure it out and how that's going to benefit us globally. 
But again, you've got a Republican Party hell-bent on doing nothing. And they scream, oh, well, we got to defend our own borders. Yet the border bill, <laughs> dead on arrival. And the funding to fund what we need, we can't have that. Because again, they're trying to go after what, what money Biden got into the IRS through the Inflation Reduction Act. Which evidently, from what I'm told, tax revenues uh, for from 2024 to 2034 are supposed to go up over a half half a trillion dollars because of the stepped up enforcement now there's a lot of numbers in here that i'm i'm angry and frustrated with and there's a lot of things that that we should be we should be working on uh in in much bigger ways but understand what's happened over the last oh 15 years we've gone from well We've gone from auditing very rich people and holding them accountable to auditing working people. And that's true because it's low-hanging fruit. We audit poor people more than we audit rich people because, well, it's it's easy. Their tax returns are easy. They're usually one page. Oh, you cheated on your, you took a deduction you shouldn't have. And while you've got Donald Trump and the rest of them who, wow, have teams of lawyers exploiting every loophole, exploiting every every chance to evade taxes. And the entire media structure hell-bent, hell-bent on defending it. The other day we talked about uh, how much unrealized capital gains tax money is out there and how the wealthy own assets. They they own, you know, stock in companies and they own them for, for generations. Uh, they never cash them in. They borrow against them. And they borrow at a much lower rate. They'll pay the banks, the you know, the couple of percent. Instead of paying the, the 20% capital gains, they'll pay a couple of percent in interest. And they'll be fine. They'll just keep borrowing. They're on a, on a mountain of debt collateralized by, by their stock. And it, it works for them really well. And then when they die, oh, gee, that just went away. And you write it off, you know, because we don't have any money. We're broke. Or they pay it off through the, the debts because it was a debt. So I hear a popular, a very popular economic commentator going on and on about how those are unrealized gains and so are the losses and you can't tax this uh, because that's just how the structure is and that's how it works. And again, part of the brainwashing of the working class to believe that there's no alternative to the, to the world that we live in, that the way it is is the way it has to be and it can never change. I look at this as one of these these moments where you go, they've won. They've brainwashed us. Uh, they've been in all of our, our universities. They love to complain about the universities, but conservative thought has has you know gotten a death grip on the business and the economic parts of universities. Because you you've got you know diehard preachers of, of trickle-down economics. You've got diehard preachers of of you know no taxes uh you've got the freedmanites out there who are just at, at every turn 
defending the bad economic policies that destroyed the American middle class and a prosperous working class. And they've convinced us that the Elon Musks of the world, they're just that much smarter and that much better and work that much harder that they deserve a $56 billion pay package. And yet when they want to go buy Twitter, they don't reach into their pocket and actually buy it. No, no, no. They borrow money off of the collateral from their stocks. But then say, well, we can't use that because it's, it's unrealized gains. I mean, it's quite remarkable what they do to us as they're working because they, they, they think we're stupid. And sadly, a lot of us are because we're buying it. We're the ones who are struggling to make ends meet. We're the ones who go to the grocery store and see the, the price go up and up and up and walking home with fewer and fewer things that we need to support our families. We're the ones who struggle and suffer and tighten the belt when times get tough. We're where they come when, oh, we need concessions. But to say, look, we've got massive debt. We've got needs in this country. We've got infrastructure that needs to be done. How about you do something about it? Oh. Oh no, we 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 can't do that. No, no, that's 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 a no-no. We can't possibly, couldn't possibly. We would love to, would love to help. It would be it would be our greatest honor to help. We're not going to. Uh, not going to happen. Sorry, because we want more. And the question is, is, when do we? When do you, me, us? When do we? When do we say enough? When do we stop looking at each other through the red hat, blue hat? When do we stop looking at us by who we voted for in the last election and start thinking about how we can help each other to lead better lives, how our children can have better opportunities, how our families can prosper, and how we can leave something better to future generations? Because I'll tell you this, our very wealthy, they know they're going to be okay. Because they're going to leave their kids enough to where their kids' kids' kids don't have to worry. And they certainly don't care about yours. Want to hear your thoughts? Email me, rick at thericksmithshow.com. If you miss any portion of the program, go to thericksmithshow.com, download the podcast, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you back here next time. You've been listening to The Rick Smith Show. Email Rick at rick at thericksmithshow.com. Until next time, this has been The Rick Smith Show, where working people come to talk.